Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. In 1885, in Sweden, Carl Gustav Boberg, along with some friends, was returning home from an afternoon church service. As he shares it, it was that time of year when everything seemed to be in its richest coloring. The birds were singing in the trees and everywhere. It was very warm. A thunderstorm appeared on the horizon and soon thunder and lightning. We had to hurry to shelter, but the storm was soon over and the clear sky appeared. When I came home, I opened my window toward the sea. There evidently had been a funeral, and the bells were playing the tune when eternity's clock calling my saved soul to its Sabbath rest. That evening, Carl Boberg wrote the poem, O Store Good, which in English, Our Great God. That poem was then matched to an old Swedish folk tune, and was sung for the first time in the Swedish providence of Varmland in 1888. Since then, the song has been translated from Swedish into German, Russian, and English. The English translation by E. Gustav Johnson appeared in the United States in 1925. But the wonderful story of this song does not end here. A British Methodist missionary, Stuart Hine, heard a Russian translation of the song while on a mission trip in the Ukraine near the border of Poland in 1931. It inspired him to create the English paraphrase that we know now is How Great Thou Art. He learned the Russian version and began singing it at his evangelistic services. He also added some verses of his own. And it's the story behind one of these verses that'll minister to you. In their missionary work in the Ukraine, Stuart Hine and his wife would visit a village and first inquire if there were any Christians. In one case, they found only a man named Dmitri and his wife, Ludmilla. Ludmilla was able to read, which was very rare at that time. She said she taught herself how to read when a Russian soldier had left a Bible behind several years earlier, and she slowly learned by reading it. When the Hines arrived in that village and were approaching the home of Dmitri, they heard an amazing sound. Ludmilla was reading from the book of John about the crucifixion of Jesus to a house full of people. The people were hearing the words of the gospel for the first time and were loudly repenting. The Hines heard people call out to God, saying how unbelievable it was that Jesus would die for their sins, and they were thanking him and praising him for his love and mercy. Upon hearing this, the Hines wouldn't interrupt the work of the Spirit, so they just stayed outside and listened. Stuart wrote down some of the phrases that he heard these people use. And those words, those phrases, became the verse that we hear today which so strongly ministers the gospel. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died 
to take away my sin. This song, How Great Thou Art, is ministered here by the Water of Life Boys. If you know the words, join us. Let God minister the gospel to you.
let's begin with prayer. Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Let the power of my Lord be great. I ask for grace on me and I ask for grace on this message. That you open our eyes that we can see. That you open our hearts like you did for Lydia. That we can attend unto the things which are spoken. That you turn us from darkness to light from the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to get real honest. Back in the early 2000s, I experienced a time of tremendous temptation in a certain area. I had never dealt with anything like this before. It was all over me. And no, I'm not going to tell you what it was. But it seemed like every time I turned around, that temptation was there staring me in the face. The devil was telling me that they were coming after me, even though I hadn't done anything. I would turn on the television or turn on the radio and somebody was in the news for committing a similar sin and being hauled off. I was distraught and I felt pushed. But do you know that it is not sin to be in temptation? It is not sin to be tempted. It is only sin when you've committed the temptation. And I was right on the edge. I thank God there's an answer and there is help. And I'm going to share that with you today. The first scripture I'd like to go to is Hebrews 4.15. I want to look at this scripture carefully. The writer of Hebrews speaks, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That's weaknesses. Let's read that again. For we have not a high priest, this is talking about Jesus, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. First off, before I even begin, do you see it says that he was tempted like as we are, yet without sin. It is not sin to be tempted. It is sin when you fall into the temptation. Jesus never sinned. But look at these words again. But was in all points tempted like as we are. Jesus was tempted like as we are. Jesus was tempted with the very same thing that I was being tempted with. Jesus was tempted in all points. Do you see that word all? That word all. Jesus was tempted in all points yet without sin. All points. He had to be tempted with murder. He had to be tempted with suicide. He had to be tempted with adultery, with fornication, with sexual perversion. He had to be tempted with stealing. He had to be tempted with lying. Why? Because that's what the Word of God states. And as Psalm 119 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The Word of God is truth. So Jesus was tempted in all points. How could this man Jesus be tempted in all points? I will tell you, because he was a man like you and I. He was a man like you and I. You say, oh, wait a minute. Okay, do you believe the word of God? Do you really believe that Bible that you carry around and say you believe every word of? Well, let's take a look at some of the scriptures in that word. I'm going to go to Philippians 2, 5. 
This is Paul speaking. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So this is talking about Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He was with the Father in heaven. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation. Made himself of no reputation. Do you know what that word means? In Strong's, that means make empty, to void. Jesus made himself empty, made himself void of what? Of all the power that he had in heaven. And let's go on. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Took upon him the form of a servant. Jesus became a man and was made in the likeness of men. Jesus became a man like you and like me. In verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, Jesus, as a man, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. If Jesus was God, he couldn't have died. Jesus came to earth as a man. Not convinced? Let's go to Hebrews 2, verse 16. The writer of Hebrews states, For verily he took on out him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. What was Abraham? Abraham was a man. Wherefore in all things, all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful High priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. He became a man like you, like me. Look at verse 18. For in that he himself, he himself, Jesus, suffered being tempted. Jesus suffered being tempted. Just like I was with that situation. Let's go on. He is able to succor them that are tempted. Succor means to help, to bring aid. Jesus has suffered being tempted just like us. Just like us. You say, but that can't be so. Well, let's take a look at another verse. I want us to go to James 1.13. And here James speaks, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Look at these next seven words. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Listen to that. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. Well, if God cannot be tempted with evil, why was Jesus tempted in all points? Because Jesus was a man. He was a man. He had to be a man. He had to walk like we are because he was our example. How can he be our example if we cannot be like him? Let's go back to Hebrews 4.15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our weaknesses. Jesus became like us. He knows what it's like to be a man. He is a man. He was tempted in all points. Everything that we could be tempted with. And yes, use your imagination. Because Jesus was tempted with it. Whatever you're being tempted with right now, he has been tempted with. Let's go to Luke twenty-two twenty-eight. This is Jesus speaking. He said, you are they which have continued with me in my temptations. Jesus was tempted like we are. 
Why? Let's go back to Hebrews 4.15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So he knew what it felt like to be a man because he was one. And back to Hebrews 2.18. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor to come to the aid of them that are tempted. Do you see? It is not sin to be tempted. It's only sin when we commit the temptation. And Jesus is able to help us out of that temptation. He is able to help us out of that temptation because he's been where we're at. So how did I get out of my temptation? 1 Corinthians 10.13 states, There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. So that temptation that you think nobody has ever dealt with, it's common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God knows you're in that temptation. He knew I was in that temptation. And how did I get out? I prayed out. And you know what I prayed? That Jesus died for me. That when he was on that cross and his body was marred more than any man, he was marred more than any man for me. And for that temptation in me, that desire to commit sin in me, Jesus bore on his own body on that tree. Bore it, paid for it by his own blood. And then Jesus died and he was buried and he went to hell in my place and paid, paid for that temptation, paid for it in hell. And then God was satisfied and raised him up from the dead and raised me with him, redeemed. That blood of Jesus redeemed me from that temptation. Redeem me from that desire to commit that sin. Redeem me by his own blood that he shed for me. I prayed this over and over about how that blood redeemed me from that desire. Redeem me. Became my ransom. And you know what happened? I noticed one day that that temptation was no longer there. It was no longer there. What a joy. What a great joy when I realized that that temptation was gone. It was gone. And I overcame it by the blood of the Lamb and by preaching to myself the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. And you can do the same thing and God will deliver you out of that temptation, just like he delivered me. Oh 
just listening to the Water of Life Quartet singing, Oh, How I Love Jesus. John 17, 17 states, Thy word is truth. That Bible is truth. Jesus also said in John 3, 7, You must be born again. Jesus said that. You must be born again. How? Romans 10, 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You ask, how do I pray? Pray like this. Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and he was raised from the dead. I ask him to be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that believing, you are born again. Let's finish the program with a beautiful tune ministered here by the My Girls. Come, let us worship.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at KathyDavidsonWOL.com. That's W-O-L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwl.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.